Monsanto sets up a fantastic automatic toy factory on Mars. The Martian leader battles the wicked Bogar in a desperate effort to save Santa, the wise man of Mars. 900 years old. The Battle of the Toys, when Martian kids and Earth kids join Santa to battle the bad guys of Mars. Alrighty, people, that was a little bit of the trailer from the 1964 classic, 1964 cinema, sci-fi classic that totally predicted the future. I mean, Mars was in it, right? Fucking Mars. And Santa Claus. And somehow, Santa Claus conquers the Martians. I believe it is January the 30th, 2019. 2019's almost over with, no, December the 30th, 2019, holy shit. 2020, fuck. <laughs> I believe it is December the 30th and I'm going insane and I'm not alone it's almost you know 1800 hours almost 1800 hours yep I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't, I don't know what to say. I have been kind of lazy the last couple days. Just an FYI. Been kind of a lazy piece of shit, especially the last few months. But the last few days, I haven't even had the energy to really podcast. Don't even get me started on the keyboard. I should actually practice the keyboard instead of practicing it while I podcast. Which is really fucked up when you think about it. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I don't know. And I'm not going to complain about the holidays too much because I know a lot of people out there have it way worse than I do. Um, a lot of people don't have any family at all. There are people that get to this point in my life around the age of 50, and uh, yeah, it's hard to scare up anybody that wants to spend more than five minutes with you. And for those of us who are kind of hermits, kind of hermits, Kind of okay with being alone. For those of us like me, it's not the worst tragedy, but there are a lot of people that, um, and I would include me, it's tough to be that alone, so yeah. 
The holidays were okay. I saw some family. I had some situations develop. There were fights. They, there's always going to be fights. And these days, it seems like people have more reasons to fight than normal. I don't totally understand because I don't totally get it. I, I do and I don't. I know it's kind of a fiction, this whole Trump. Trump, fucking Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, fucking Brennan Circus. This entire thing. This World Wrestling Federation soap opera. It's not real. But people are like ruining their relationships with people over it. They're getting pissed off to the point that they can't forgive people for things that are just not real. Okay, there is no quantifiable reality to any of the political bullshit you're seeing. Whatever might be true, and there are things that are true. For example, I believe there's a God in heaven. I believe I'm a Christian. I also believe I'm a shitty Christian. Those things are true. Um, there are things that are true. I believe I have free will, and it was given to me by the aforementioned Lord in heaven, also known as God. Um, there are things I think are true, but there are many things that aren't true or false. They're simply transitory. They are shaped by the times. When you are born, you are a child, a baby, you are new. And as you get older, your body gets worn out and you get scarred and you get busted up. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you're just not the person you were supposed to be, maybe you're a disappointment to yourself or to others, who knows. Those things are transitory, folks. Money in your che your checking account, that is transitory. You might have a lot of money. I mean, you might have a lot more cash than most people. And that's something to be kind of proud of, you know. It's nice to have money. It's nice to have that cash flow. As you get older, it's nice to have money. Anywho, folks, I don't know where I was really going with that. Like I said, I've been in a weird place of lazy stupidity, of not giving a shit when I should. I was talking with someone the other day, and the question came up, why? And, and let's not be specific about the why, because the why could be anything. Could, one why could be, holy shit, how has the stock market, you know, gone up so many hundreds of thousands of percent? That's crazy. That's a good why question. Or what about this repo shit? Why is it occurring? That's a good why. What about the hatred of Russia, this paranoia, this general paranoid fear of everything Russian? Why? Um, why the junk bond fiasco around shale oil? Why all the wars in the Middle East? Why? 
Because here's the thing, folks, the reason why a lot of intelligent people are asking why is because when you look at the bottom line, these things don't make sense. They don't make any money. They really just make the world worse. I mean, even if you don't give a shit about other people, do you give a shit about the planets and the ocean and the air? Because I promise you, these wars, they pollute. And so, yeah, why? Why is a good fucking question. But here's the horrible possible answer that I've been thinking about in recent months, and um, it's horrible because it's inescapable, and it's fatalistic, and it's dark. In fact, it's the darkest thought I've had in recent years, in many ways. And it has to do with why. Like, why is Dan a Christian? Why is this economy so wonky and weird? Why do we feel like we have to go to war with everybody over every fucking thing? Why are people asking the question, how many genders are there, and how can I convert myself from one kind of gender into another? Why aren't young people in Japan having kids? Why? And some of this, I think, may in fact be natural and healthy, but the form it takes is, is uglier, maybe. What if it's just madness, people? What if that's the whole fucking complicated fucking explanation for all the shit, all the conspiracy theories, all the fucking banking cabals, all the weird-ass, quasi-religious, transcendental, trans-century, over-the-millennia, Illuminati bullshit? What if the simplest fucking explanation is madness? And here's another one for you folks. What if every fucking creature, and I may have said this before, but if I haven't, I'm going to say it again. What if every dominant, complicated creature that has come along in the last 4.5 billion years, what if every single one that rose to the top, they became the tiger beavers of their age, just like people, hmm... Yeah, we're tiger beavers. We just don't kill, but we kill in incredibly methodical and abstract fucking ways, and we're highly creative tiger beaver chimps. What if every single epic of life that ended in extinction had a penultimate tiger beaver creature just like us? Maybe not the same shape or form, because, hey, environments are different. Tiger beaver and swamp earth might have needed to be more like tiger frog or something beaver frog. Who the fuck knows what kind of frog on swamp earth. Dinosaur earth, it might have been, yeah, maybe it was that velociraptor bullshit. You know, maybe it was some sort of smart little fucking proto bird that rose right to the top. Who the fuck knows, right? There have been five prior great extinctions. And we are in the sixth. And my proposal is going to sound insane. But what if the thing that really causes every single major extinction is some intelligent tiger beaver, frog tiger beaver, some fucking super bacteria or octopus with 20 arms and an IQ of 300? What if 
a creature comes along like us and is just so fucking good at killing and eating and killing and fucking and eating, and we can kill and fucking eat everything, and then we abstract it out, we figure out, holy fuck, we can eat shit in the future. Yeah. And then they start eating shit in the future. And and the thing about eating shit from the future, it may it may make sense to a tiger beaver. But over time, you run out of food, people, even from the future, I know. What if future life depends upon present life? What if the salmon you fish out of the sea depend upon healthy salmon children in the future? Which means you just can't eat all the fish or all the fucking bears or all the tigers. Okay, just because the numbers make sense on paper doesn't mean the numbers express something called dynamics. It's kind of like the conversation I had over Christmas. Another person brought up that famous, we could have a billion people in Texas. Well, you could. You could. And right now, the Gulf of Mexico, which is a dying chunk of sea filled with poisons and toxins and other kinds of creepy gumbus, the Gulf of Mexico, which is already almost completely dead, would become a giant cesspool. In fact, probably within 50 years, it would become mostly land, or, well, I don't know if you call it land, mostly poop islands and poop estuaries and poop archipelagos. And that would be the net effect of having a billion fucking people in Texas. But again, if you if you pencil it out on paper and you say, how many square feet are there and blah, 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 it all kind of makes sense until you recognize that this is not static. This is dynamic, okay? Static things kind of make sense to creatures. It's kind of like debt. If debt were truly static, if debt were a thing that could not be destroyed, even by bankruptcy, well then in theory I suppose you could treat it the way people treat it, although it looks a lot like dark matter or antimatter at that point. But the point is this, folks. Um, debt exists in a dynamic world too, and there are times when people can pay their debts, and there are times when they can't, and when they can't, and, and if a lot of people can't at the same time, it's called the financial crisis, folks. That's what it's called. If a lot of people can't pay their bills at the same time, and I don't mean ordinary people, I mean the rich people. If the rich people's companies cannot pay their bills at approximately the same time, if they cannot trust each other, if they cannot offer letters of credit, if they have no banking channels, what you have is a financial crisis. Now, does it have to lead to destruction and mayhem? No, it doesn't, but it might. That's how dynamic systems behave, people. Anyways, what if, and I, and I believe in God, folks, so for a moment I'm going to put on a hat I haven't worn in a while because that's how dark I am right now. But what if there is no God? What if the Bible is bullshit? And what if my addition of Christianity to the structure of my brain as some filter, as some paradigm, what if that is also a sign of madness? You see, I don't care, you know, if, you, if you've ever listened to Dane Wigington, I don't really care that much if you believe he's right or wrong in any basic sense. But what seems 
not controversial, whatever the source is. And, and, and this was funny. I had a conversation with someone about this the other day. What seems kind of uncontroversial is that we have, especially in our cities, poisoned the environment. We poisoned the air. We poisoned the water. We poisoned the soil. We've made ourselves stupider. We've reduced the amount of oxygen available. The food we eat has less nutritional value. I can keep going. And if someone like Dane Wigington is right, and they're actually putting heavy metals into the air as a way to deal with climate change, and they're lying about it, then they're literally making everybody stupid in order to save the world, and the net effect will still be destruction. What if the simplest fucking explanation for every fucking conspiracy theory you could ever fucking imagine is that there are times when a species gets so powerful, so creative, so innovative, so amazing, that it drives itself insane. That all of its gadgets and stuff, all of its ideas, all of its consciousness, all of its whiskey, all of its pills, drugs and pills, pills and drugs. What if this is inevitable? And yeah, it's kind of the basic plot of a famous sci-fi film from the 50s, one of my favorites, Forbidden Planet. Next topic. And this one involves, you know, bringing up the fucking Acrasmatron technology. Okay, so this is an article that appeared on Zero Hedge from a couple days ago. Mm. 1228, that is, December the 28th. Right, guys, I made, it, I made a mistake earlier when I said January. I have to apologize again. It's not January. It is not January the 30th. It is not 2020 yet. We have not made it yet. It's not January. It is December the 30th. But this article appeared on December the 28th, 2019 at approximately 2100 hours Eastern Standard Time, probably. Which means maybe 6 p.m. here in Seattle, Washington, maybe. Maybe 6 p.m., right? Maybe if we're lucky, right? Maybe it was 6 p.m. Anywho, headline, 
Musk, and 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 that must be Elon Musk. Musk tweets Boring's Las Vegas tunnel to open in 2020. Yeah, by Tyler Durden. Elon Musk is on top of the world, has been able to capitulate shorts and send Tesla's equity price above the 4.20 per share buyout level to close at 4.30.3 on Friday. Yeah, I think things went differently today for Tesla, but we'll see. With Musk's ego higher than ever, he tweeted Friday night that Boring Company that yeah, that Boring Company would complete a commercial tunnel in Las Vegas in the near term and be fully operational in 2020. Quote, Boring Company is completing its first commercial tunnel in Vegas, going from convention center to strip. Then we'll work on other projects, Musk tweeted late on Friday. Well, that's amazing. Last month, we noted how Boring officially won the contract from Las Vegas to build a subterranean transit system by undercutting the bids of established players in the engineering space. We pointed out how Boring is going to have to prove that its technology and talent can scale to to municipality-sized projects instead of a test run using a go-kart on skates and 50-foot a tunnel. Yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. In July, Boring raised $120 million <laughs> in a round of funding from disruptive investors. We noted earlier this year that Boring's tunnel projects were debunked by PhDs and ridiculed by government officials as nothing new. There's no revolution here, let's be honest here. And this is a quote, folks. There's no revolution here, let's be honest here, colon. He's driving a car through a sewer pipe. PhD chemist and video blogger Phil Mason recently said, well, thank you, Phil. And then he has a quote, monorail. Good job, Phil. With the test tunnel completed in Hawthorne, California, and other projects in Chicago and Washington, D.C. to Baltimore, fucking Baltimore, that's going to be a big thing, Musk has made a lot of promises in the past where his timelines don't exactly come true. Hmm. We're still waiting for the one million robo-taxis to hit the streets in 2020. Another promise made by Musk. Yeah. So that's the article, folks. That's your little piece of zero hedge. And why was I interested in that article? Why was Uncle Dan interested in that frickin' frick-a-frack bullshit? Ugh, frick-a-frack... Frock a frick bullshit article. Why was I interested in anything to do with Musk? tell you guys folks Elon Musk looks like a flim flam person to me um however I know there are people who are really into SpaceX and they look at what SpaceX is doing and they're really blown away 
And out of respect to those people, I have to say, if you look at the videos of those fucking rocket boosters landing on their on their fucking tripod fucking landing gear or whatever, tripod, quadrupod, I don't I think it was four legs, whatever. The point is, if you see those fucking boosters landing, that's some pretty good video. That's not Uncle Dan quality. That's not even the special effects you'll find in, you know, Santa Claus versus the Martians bullshit from 1964. It's even better than Kubrick, if we're, if we're going to be so bold. So if it is bullshit, it looks like pretty cool bullshit. And if it is true, wow, good job, Elon. But as far as Tesla goes... It looks like a really shady operation. It looks like a financial scheme. It may have started out with good intentions, but I think the good intentions morphed because Elon Musk might be crazy. And I don't mean eccentric. I mean, that's, that's what people will say. They'll say things like, oh, this guy's eccentric. No. And, and also, I have to add this. There is a relative level of crazy. For example, did you know that the Earth rotates on its um, axis, it revolves around the sun at a certain speed. The solar system coasts around and with the edge of the galaxy. The galaxy drifts through the universe. All of these are vectors and velocities that are compounded and added. Okay? So when I talk about crazy, you need to think of it as the addition of vectors. I think just about every fucking person I meet now probably has a baseline vector of crazy. Which means if you ask, is their base direction probably towards crazyville? Yeah, pretty much everybody. And you know what? I probably should include myself. Otherwise, I'm being a dick. And just as an FYI, about that whole hypothetical earlier there is no God, I'm not actually serious about there being no God, but I think I am kind of serious about everybody going crazy. That being said, yabba dabba dabba, what if Elon Musk is just a little bit too much crazy to be in charge of that much money? What if he's being taken advantage of? I mean, he could be the kind of crazy that's so incompetent that there are people around him siphoning off funds. It does look like a kind of financial racket now, this whole Tesla thing. It does look like promises broken over and over again. And it also looks like people are fools. I mean, I, I, I can't say this better than you know Mark Twain or anyone else. I'll just say people are fools. People, you know what? People would rather be dazzled by somebody like Elon Musk um, and then be taken advantage of than to you know, maybe get a solid investment and invest in something that's more likely to, you know, um, produce fruit, but isn't quite as sexy. It's kind of fucked up because a lot of investing is like this. A lot of marketing and investing and venture capital has very little to do with fundamentals at this point. A lot of it is this weird kind of fucking stardom slash celebrity, whatever you want to call it, um, I don't know why Elon Musk has so much cachet. You know, I'm, I'm a guy, so I, I don't consider him good looking, but maybe if I was a woman, I'd say, oh, he's kind of sexy. But isn't that kind of sexist to say that? Isn't it sexist to say, oh, women like Elon Musk because he's sexy and not because he's a good businessman?
I guess that is fucked up, but what if it's true? What if good-looking people are given opportunities that ugly people are not? Now I know, oh damn, that's horrifying. Well, it could also be true. And I think it's been studied by the scientists of various universities here and in the Casbah. So I think it is basically true. But here's what I will say. I think the guy is a flim-flam man, even if he's not crazy. I wouldn't go in this fucking tunnel, okay? I don't know what his big innovation is. According to this PhD chemist on Twitter, Yabba Dabba Glabba Glob, I don't even know that guy, whatever, Phil Mason, Jar, blah, blah, like I give a fuck. I don't even know if he has a PhD. The point is, according to him, Elon is doing nothing new. And that, that's probably interesting. But if he's doing nothing new, and he's doing it cheaper, then that's still an improvement. And if you were to ask me, does it make sense to tunnel? It does and it doesn't. It really depends on the geology. There are parts of this country where I think people are setting themselves up for epic disasters because they tunnel. You know, some of you guys, you know, maybe out there have driven in and out of Manhattan. And you've driven under, like, the Hudson River or something in a tunnel. And you probably think, well, fuck, Dan, that tunnel's a real fucking convenience. It is until the electricity goes out. Until um, you have an event so terrible that it disrupts that quality 20th century construction. Or was it 19th century? Let's be honest. Some of these tunnels are getting fucking old. And the thing about water and pressure and time, they eat away at everything. So yeah, I don't know what to think about Elon Musk's little tunnel, but there are tunnels that make sense, and then there are places I don't get. Like, I actually think, if you're building a tunnel under a river near New, near New York City, that you know you need to have electricity 24-7 just to pump the water out all the time, if you're doing something like that, then you're basically wagering on a very optimistic future. It is a very optimistic thing to build a piece of technology as complex as that, that you know you're gonna need a lot of infrastructure to keep going. And in all likelihood, that infrastructure cannot come from, you know, your own location. That's optimistic, people. Now this tricycle tunnel that Elon Musk wants to build in Vegas, I don't know what to tell you about it. I've seen pictures of this shit. Uh, you know, why can't somebody hire me for a job making flamethrowers? I could, I could do a great job reinventing the flamethrower for home flamethrower use. In fact, just off the top of my head, I can imagine Vortex-enabled air-compressed-focused plasma flamethrowers. And that was just off the top of my head. Of course, those flamethrowers will lead to, 10, <laughs> to over 1,000 deaths in 2025. And that's called a consequence. That's called a consequence, people. Consequences are important. Next topic. So I don't want to say too much because one of the things I try to do here is protect people's privacy. Um, if you're a listener and you reach out to me, you have a right to protect your privacy. Your privacy is yours. But I do want to say something. Um, I, I did run into somebody 
who may or may not be a listener in this last week. And I have to say, I didn't know what to expect. I have, I've had some really bad experiences meeting people um, from the internet. And also, as I, as I said to this person, you know, I could be the crazy axe killer. You know, it's a story I often bring up. I brought it up with this gentleman. I brought it up with my friend from St. Louis last summer that, you know, I think I think it was like 2015 or 2016. I think in 2015 or 2016, there were these postings on Craigslist um, for a free sofa. A free sofa if you just drive out to a farm in Ohio. I guess nobody saw Silence of the Lambs and realizes that life does involve improvisation. So, yeah, people would go get these free sofas and they would end up buried in the back of the farm. Now, this could be urban legend, but here's my point. If somebody meets me and and they've been listening to my fucking podcast... How do they know I'm not some fucker who's, who isn't, in that proverbial sense, burying people, you know, on the farm someplace? You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. You do not know, people, if I am the creepy creep. You don't know if I'm the axe murderer. So I I ran into somebody who, let's just call this person a listener. And I wanted to say a couple things. Number one, it was actually a pretty good experience. Number two, like many of my listeners, this guy was really generous in a way I did not expect. But number three, he was an example of a lot of people I've met who I admire. And it's going to sound weird. I admire because... They see what I see, they hear what I hear, they feel not necessarily the same way about these things as I do, but they're not oblivious to what's going on around them. And yet somehow, they kind of keep their shoes shined and their hair cut, and they do, they keep committed to just not giving up. Folks, in a lot of ways, I have kind of at times given up. It's not like a permanent retreat, but my life the last 10 years has looked a lot like the Eastern Front during World War II, back and forth, back and forth until the end. Yeah, and I don't know what the end is, and neither do you. I know we, I know we all die, big deal, but what does that really mean, really? Um, the other thing, though, is that when you meet somebody who you think has it together, it kind of just makes you feel like a jerk. And as far as, far, as, far as podcasting goes... As far as podcasting goes, um, maybe it's one of the reasons why I haven't been able to do it the last couple days, and maybe it's a reason why I may slow down a little in the new year. Um, I, I probably do need to put more effort into it. I mean, it's not that I blow it off. It's not that it's something I do as if it's the equivalent of, like, excreting proteins from my butthole. It's not like that. It's not like I'm going to go take a crap. I'm going to go take a podcast. It's not like that. But I got to say, it could be a lot more disciplined. It could be a lot less sort of just off the cuff and more disciplined. And I could go to, you know, zones of thought more often that aren't so 
so dark. I don't know. I guess that's a roundabout way of saying that when I run into somebody who listens and it's a person deserving of respect as everyone is, but definitely demonstrates it, it's kind of a shock to me. It's like, how is this person listening to me? And why? What, what, what went wrong in your life that you decided to listen to Uncle Dan's crazy hour? Where did you go awry? Did you go out to a farm in Ohio once looking for a sofa with your girlfriend? Hey, honey, it looks like a really nice sofa. Yeah, but that's a long ways to drive for a sofa, baby. It says it was made in Scandinavia by Danish people. That story doesn't end well, does it? Really? So anyways, I just want to say thank you to everybody that listened to me this year, despite my negative bullshit, despite, yeah, you know, feeling sorry for myself at times. I want to say thank you for the emails to all of you guys. I want to say thank you for the donations. It doesn't matter how much you've given. Um, believe it or not, when you live the life I live, a life I'm not ashamed of. Doesn't mean I'm always happy. Huh, are you always happy? Are you always happy in your fancy pants razzmatazz life? I'm not always happy. But I have a lot. You know, I have access to food and water and shelter. I have a life that is relatively peaceful. There are people in the world today, there are people tonight, who have to worry about whether or not some random fucking country is going to drop a bomb on them because their territory might have lithium or cobalt or fucking oil. I don't have to worry about that. Now, if they ever do discover oil in Little Saigon, <laughs> I wish I had that Charlton Heston laugh. You know the one where, you know, he's been a, he's been a few weeks on fucking the Planet of the Apes, and he's he's gotten all cynical and dark. Oh, dark fucking Heston's the best fucking Heston. I wish I had the Charlton Heston laugh, like, ha, 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 you're crazy, fucking monkey children. I wish I had that Charlton Heston laugh, don't you? Wish you had it. Maybe my life would be better if I could laugh like Charlton Heston.
yeah, to everybody out there who has been as generous as you've been, every little bit helps. And you've all been really generous. And some of you, yeah, some of you may have given more. And I'm not going to lie to you. I treat it all pretty much equally because I don't know how much money people have. And as stated in the past, you're not required to. You know, I'm a hustler. I'm a scrapper. I'm a drifter. I've survived many years before I got money from all you folks. And I can survive without it. If you don't have it, don't send it. But I got to say, I am so grateful for the people that have had some and sent some. I'm grateful for the help. It may seem small. And maybe it was. Maybe it was pedestrian. Maybe it was so f fucking banal. However, I used your money. Maybe all I did was buy a pizza or a beer or some weed or all of the above. Maybe that's all I did. Maybe I paid a little rent. Maybe I gave a few bucks back to the church. I do that once in a while when I do go to church. Hmm, I should go this Sunday. Who knows how I spent this money? Um, yeah, wow. That just made me think of taxes and how depressing that is. Oh, folks, you know what? If you're, if you're a side topic, if you're a, a true, true heart believer in the system, fine, fine, fine. And if you want to argue everybody should pay their taxes, fine, fine, fine. But wouldn't it be nice to pay taxes without an invasion of your privacy? Wouldn't it be great to just pay your fucking taxes and not have, you know, not give the government the permission to know how you make your money? It sounds crazy, but of all the fucking insults of American history, this is one of the biggest ones. Because frankly, how I scrap and hustle, as long as I'm not hurting anybody, as long as I'm not harming the air, the water, the soil, as long as I'm just out there hustling and trying to survive at a meager fucking scale, what fucking business is it of the government how I fucking make my money? Really. If all they need is more money for another fucking bomb, but that's the point though. The taxes are irrelevant now. It's all about the debt. So taxes, I think taxes stopped being about funding the government 30 years ago. At least 30 years ago. It's about treasuries. It's about the petrodollar. It's ultimately about having the reserve currency. And so taxes at this point have nothing to do with revenue and everything to do with control. And so the, the fundamental purpose of taxation was always to invade your privacy. It was always to turn you into a fucking slave. That was always the fucking purpose. And sadly, maybe they knew. Like I said, maybe everyone's crazy. Maybe some people are really powerful and crazy. And maybe powerful, crazy people have powerful, crazy, and evil schemes. I really don't know. I'm not powerful, I'm just crazy. So to all you folks out there, the ones I've met, the ones I've talked to on the phone, and probably a few I pissed off in emails, and to the fellow I met the other day, and to all the other folks I've met, um, I want to just express my gratitude for 2019. 
I can't say for certain if the quality of the Little Saigon report will improve or if the Little Saigon diary, the off-promised, not executed fictional side project to the LSR will ever debut. It could happen so fucking quickly. I got chapters stuck in my head, but a demon wakes me up at night and then shakes me out of bed. Next topic. I think I've buttered up my listeners enough. You're all the turkey country ham now. You're all the Danish mustard ham now. Yep, the fucking Danes. I think I'm going to do a prediction show. Um, I probably should have gotten it done earlier, and the original plan was to do predictions that were funny, like I did last year, but then to also do some that are serious. And I think that maybe I'm just gonna focus on the serious ones, and if a funny one pops up, I'll make a note of it, colon, I'm joking, I'm joking. Last year, I predicted that the Orca race would rise up against us. It didn't happen this year. I also predicted that Lady Gaga would be sucked into the earth, a la Korra's Rebellion from Numbers, you know, the old good book. It didn't happen this year, no. I predicted that Madonna would also be sucked into hell with her. This also did not fucking happen. There are a number of things that didn't happen, but like I said, I expected the orcas to rise up, to rise up and, and take on the human race. Because here's the thing, I think we fucking deserve it. Whatever you think about the, all of it, we've been such dicks. So we kind of do deserve an orca apocalypse of some sort. Now, it's probably a very human way of thinking that they would seek revenge. Like, come on, dude, you're just applying your bogus cis human bullshit. The orcas don't think like you and me, baby. They're pure love. Orcas are pure love. They are pure love and pure connection. But I predicted that they would rise up. They would rise up in 2019 and seek bloody vengeance against the human race. And I was hoping for it and it did not happen. And that's okay. That's okay. So yes, I will try to get off my ass tomorrow and do some sort of prediction show. But I cannot be sure what form that will take. Um, uh, let's see. Next topic. Hmm. Okay, so this next topic is related to an article link I was sent. It comes from the website foodnavigator-usa.com. Um, it is an article from their blog slash news outlet. It's dated... November the 14th, 2019, almost 20 under 20 hundred hours Greenwich Mean Time. Hmm, that was last updated. The author is Elaine Watson, and headline, Nestle tie-up with Corbion gives fresh impetus to algae, algae 
in the alternative protein market. Hmm, protein. Algae has not yet gained much traction in the alternative protein market. However, things could be about to change following a deal between Corbion, which acquired assets from algae ingredients pioneer Terravia in 2017, and Nestle to develop the next generation of microalgae-based ingredients. Quote, in order to move this algae protein from being a niche product, we needed a couple of breakthroughs. Mark Den Hartog, executive vice president of innovation platforms at Corbion, told Food Navigator USA after announcing the deal last week, quote, One of them was making it a more cost-effective ingredient for larger-scale food applications, and the other was getting traction with large food manufacturers. The partnership with Nestle, the world's largest food company, indicates that both are possible. He said, noting that while there are several established players growing algae for omega-3s in the food and feed, there are no major players aside from Corbion developing algae protein for food applications. Okay, I'm going to leave you guys to read the rest of this fucking link on your own. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you about the algae protein. I can say, as a matter of film historical record, that part of the plot, or one of the plot ingredients to the movie Soylent Green, the film that came out, what, in the 70s with Charlton Heston playing that cop in the future, which would be right about now according to its timeline. And he learns that one of the ingredients of the protein is, well, human, human protein, human teen. A little bit of human in my food, please. Please add human to my rice cake sauce. Yeah. One of the um, plot ingredients of the film Soylent Green was this idea that for years the, uh, the world governments had been um, farming algae from the seas, algae and plankton, another protein from the sea, and that this entire campaign was failing. It was crashing. Um, and it's it's one of those things, folks. When I so when I read an article like this that ostensibly could be optimistic, like, oh hey, here's maybe a technical industrial solution to a real problem, and that's called food. And and also what I don't know yet is if this scales, because it's one thing to scale to be a food additive. That is one thing. I'm gonna be a food additive. I'm gonna add omega-3s to some people's diets. But it's another thing to scale to feed, you know, two or three or four or seven or eight billion people. I think this article was sent to me and it was sent from a listener, a listener I enjoy, a listener who's pretty cool, but a listener nonetheless, right? It was sent to me from a listener, and it was related to the subject of food because I brought this up in the past. It's a big deal. People take it for granted. They make the assumption that somehow in the future, any food problem we have will be solved with just more technology. And I believe this is erroneous thinking. I really do. In fact, I think it's worse than that. I think that the effects of modern industrial civilization have been so insidious 
that a lot of poison, a lot of pollutions are already in the food chain. And it's unlikely that we're going to get rid of that poison in the food chain in my lifetime. Now you can say, well, Dan, I'm eating food that's grown hydroponically. Really? Well, you need to research every single component of that hydroponic fucking farm. Because if you haven't researched everything they're doing, then you have no idea how healthy your food is. And if you, if, and if you don't test it yourself, then you really have no idea how healthy your food is. You don't. And the only question is, what is the human tolerance? Because that is the question. We're, we're fucking tiger beavers, people. We're tiger beavers. We're tiger chimpanzee beavers. We do these amazing technological things we, our eyes have always been bigger than our stomachs because we can calculate all the tiger beaver babies we want to have in the future. Hmm. You can't have them in the future if you don't eat tomorrow's breakfast. You can't have those babies if you don't eat tomorrow's lunch. So I don't know what to tell you. I think it's an in interesting article. I think it's an interesting subject. I'm not a fan of Nestle. Um, Nestle has a very shady reputation when it comes to buying up water rights. And as an anarchist, I would say the water, the air, and the soil are things we basically should try to share and be smart about and not pollute. Turning them into what we've turned them into is kind of grotesque and dangerous and problematic. You know, one of the interesting conversations I had the other day with this person I met had to do with how utilities used to operate. And, and I remember this. Like when I was a kid, utilities were kind of local things. They had local engineers and people who wanted to make sure there was local engineering talent and industry to keep the utility going. Whether it was electricity, whether it was water and sanitation, no matter what the utility was, it required engineering talent. And so there was this there was this interest in making sure that it could survive. And then, for whatever stupid fucking reason, a lot of folks got access to a lot of cheap money, went in, bought it all up, a lot of these utilities, and now there's not really the same concern. You know, it's almost as if um, water and food and air are community issues, and when you take the community out of it, it kind of, it kind of goes bad. We're, you know, we're all supposed to be concerned. We're, we're all supposed to care. You know, for, for centuries, for millennia, the basic human solution to every fucking waste problem has been dig a hole and put the waste in it or pour the shit in the river. And you know what? You can say, well, Dan, it worked for so long. It did. It worked for so long. It did kind of work, although it was probably bad thousands of years ago, too, folks. It was probably just as bad to have all the shit that we clever monkeys will pile into our streets after every rainstorm just flow into the sea. That was probably bad back then too, except for it wasn't as bad, right? It wasn't as toxic. I don't know what to think about the algae food, folks. I don't know what to think about it because it could be, it could, it could, you know, we're in the great discontinuity, right? Anything can, will, could, might, should happen. So this particular piece of information could fit into one of two columns, positive or negative, maybe. Let's, or, or let's say three, neutral. I don't think it's neutral. It might be positive. It might be a sign that, yeah, there are 
potentially technical solutions to the human race starving. Now this doesn't solve the you know, oxygen air problem, which if you don't think that's a problem, then you really need to study the ecosystems of the world. But it does solve maybe the food problem. The problem is this though, if you don't solve the air problem, it doesn't matter if you can solve the food problem because the food needs the air and so do the humans that eat the food. So we have pretty bad air quality in the world right now and it is only getting worse. And we can debate why, why, why. Uh, my guess is it's too many fucking clever monkeys. That's my basic guess, it's a math problem. We got a lot of clever monkeys who think you can have a billion clever monkeys in Texas. Well, you probably can't. And you're probably gonna poop and poop and fart your way to your own death. That being said though, barring a billion clever monkeys in Texas, the air is getting kind of crappy. So even if we fix the food problem, the air problem isn't so easy. And I don't know that there is a solution. It might be the case that there are just too many fucking people on earth, period. At any scale, at, even if we're just walking around, picking up food off the ground, pooping where we, where we walk, not using any technology at all. Even if we went back to something that basic, we probably fucked up the earth so badly that there is nothing we can do other than ride it out. And that's the key. I don't know how badly we fuck things up. I don't. And probably no one really does, except for God. But I do know that it's possible that we can write it out. It's possible that it could be terrible, but not that terrible. I don't really know yet. I don't know how badly the environment's been affected by human, human activity. I can only tell with my own eyes, and it doesn't look great. And it doesn't look like we're doing anything to help. Whatever it is we're doing in the skies, whatever the reason for it, it doesn't look like it's actually helping. It looks like at best it's simply hiding, you know, hiding a problem, convincing people that there isn't one. Read an article last summer about kangaroos. Kangaroos that were so thirsty, they were tearing, op tearing open, um, tearing open, clawing open the stomachs of other kangaroos so that they could gnaw on the wet grass in the stomachs of the other dead kangaroos. That's how thirsty they were. Now, you can say, well, shit like that happens in Australia all the fucking time. And believe me, I know there are people who will send me comments like, oh, Dan, sometimes the salmon runs don't work and giant, you know, dead zone blobs in the Pacific are normal. And yeah, the Gulf of Mexico is just a dead zone. It always has been. And Fucking orcas with droopy fins. That's normal. You can send me whatever bogus shit you want to, but there's a time when you just your common sense tells you that something is, is true or false, okay? It's either real or not real. Your common sense sort of gives you a little bit of a, a leg up and says, Dan, come on. So whatever's happening, it's not good, but who knows what's happening? I don't know. And it could be a little bit bad. It could be really bad. It might be nothing. It might be that we just have to clean up our environment, that we have too many poisons in our environment. And if we can just reverse that one thing, maybe. But if one of the poisons is producing too much you know, CO2, for example, then that's a problem. Anyways, I don't know. I fucked this podcast up. I was trying to find out a way to... To end it on an old Lang Syne kind of ending, you know, all the Cadens be forgotten, have revenge on all the poodles. Yes, the, the wheel of time turns. 
The wheel of time turns and many people get crushed underneath it. I don't know what to tell you about being crushed by the wheel, but here's some good advice. Don't be there when the wheel turns. Be someplace else. For those of you that listen to my podcast and have at various moments in the past decided to be generous and I thank you. I thank you, Santa Claus thanks you, and the Santa Claus that defeated the Martians thanks you. If you're a new listener and you have considered donating, please listen first. If you don't have the money, don't do it. If you haven't taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, don't do it. If there are people in your life that need help, help them first. This is one of those scenarios where you're on the fucking plane, and you know they say, put on your gas mask first. Well, this is kind of that point, um, people. But if you paid for all the things you need to pay for, and if you helped the people you need to help, and you still have a few bucks, and you want to donate to my podcast, and that's a lot of conditions, people. A lot of conditions. But if you still want to donate, there will be a link to Venmo in the description of this podcast, and a link to Venmo on the, yeah, my SoundCloud homepage. Donate using Venmo. Is Venmo perfect? Probably not. Is it possible they kick me off in the future because they classify me as a Russian spy? It's possible. It's possible that they figure out that my name is really, well, Ivan. Ivan the Red. And I have been a Russian spy in this country since 1970, faking my birth certificate when in fact I should be dead. But yeah, if you want to donate to my fucking podcast and you have the money, I will certainly accept it because I'm a drifter and I'm a hobo and I will try not to let you down in the new year, but who the fuck knows what, whether you can trust what the hobo says. Okay, can you? I don't know. And once again, to everyone that's been generous this year to me, despite the fact that I'm a drifter and a hobo, um, I want to say thank you. And like I said, I'm going to try to do a better job in the new year. Can't guarantee it. Could end up dead. I could end up in one of the algae vats that they're building out by West Seattle. The trucks are picking up people every day now. They're taking homeless people to West Seattle. Lots of people go there and nobody comes back. Some type of algae project. Protein and sea greens from the sea. Some type of nutritional supplement. They're going to give it away for free. 